The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Engines have fired and the cars are on the track here at Circuit of the Americas. And we have a big crowd here today. The rain is coming. This will be an interesting start to this race. Green flag waves in the air and we're ready to go racing. The caution is out for a myriad of reasons. And Harvick's car is torn up in the front, down the driver's side, the rear. So whatever happened back there, it was big. We don't have any business being out in the rain, period. Tremendous crash. Martin Truex Jr.'s car got airborne and Cole Custer got into him that was a horrific crash it's just you can't see anything man it's dangerous alex bowman will give up the lead and hit pit road chase elliott new leader off turn 20 and nascar has thrown the yellow flag here it's raining about as hard as it's rained all day long so it is now official the first cup driver to conquer coda is chase elliott i've never won a rain race before so it's kind of cool yeah 800 win for uh, for chevrolet Kendrick Motorsports and Petty Enterprise are now tied in the all-time win column. Hi, everyone, and welcome to NASCAR American Motor Mouse. Marty Snyder, Steve LaTarte, Kyle Petty joining you here for a Wednesday afternoon <laughs> edition. Joining us on the show, what's so funny, Kyle? He's already laughing. I'm, I'm just laughing. Already. I'm, I'm just like, laughing because just here we are again. Here we are again, and there's people watching. Uh, Steve's the one who done the show twice this week. So uh, I did it twice. And you've done it twice, yeah, too. Hey, I didn't know one that. of us didn't do it twice this week. <laughs> I know. That would be me, obviously. <laughs> Simona Di Silvestro will join us on the show today. Can't wait to talk to her about Great. her awesome, awesome effort to get into the Indy 500 and about this weekend. And motocross starts this weekend, so Zach Osborne, the defending series champion, will join us here on Motor Mouse. Is it okay that I'm going to ask him the difference between Supercross and Motocross? Is it okay that I don't know? You can do whatever you want to do. Because I don't know. Open form. Okay. Uh, Of course, we want to hear from you guys, 844-NASCAR-NBC, also on social media with a hashtag, let me say this. We saw the big win for Chase Elliott at COTA, but some breaking news with a nine team today, so we want to bring in our very own Nate Ryan uh, who's joining us now. And Nate, kind of walk us through the breaking news of the day for the 19. Sure, Marty. So Eddie DeHaan, the longtime spotter for Chase Elliott, was suspended indefinitely today by Hendrick Motorsports and NASCAR. Dustin Long has a story up about the news on NBCSports.com. And Dustin reported that the Hickory, North Carolina Police Department arrested DeHaan on May 12th, and he was charged with misdemeanor assault on a pregnant woman. The haunt faces two misdemeanor charges and has a court date for each charge on separate dates in June. And DeHaunt had worked the two races since the arrest as Elliott's spotter, including Elliott's victory, as you mentioned, at Circuit of the Americas this past Sunday. Hendrick Motorsports in a statement said the team became aware of the situation Wednesday morning and they immediately and indefinitely suspended DeHaunt. The statement read, we are taking this matter very seriously and will continue to seek additional information about the alleged incident. And in announcing its suspension of DeHaunt, NASCAR also cited member conduct guidelines and a rule that NASCAR members must report to the sanctioning body within 72 hours. They must inform NASCAR if they've been charged with a violation of the law. And finally, Marty, in the statement, Hendrick Motorsports said a replacement spotter 
for the Coca-Cola 600, which was a race that Chase Elliott nearly won last year, uh, has yet to be named. So no replacement spotter uh, that we know of for Chase Elliott for this uh, Sunday's Coca-Cola 600, but surely one will be named uh, likely in the coming days. Hmm. Tough news for everyone involved. And of course, we'll let the judicial process take its course and let that be decided. We'll focus on the racing side of this. Nate's going to stay with us for this whole segment. So, Steve, you've led championship contending teams. Uh, you know, how big of a hole does this create with that race team? Well, it's a it's a definitely a big issue, something you don't want to change. You know, the, the role of the spotter has changed dramatically in the last, say, 25 years. There mm-hmm. was a point where it was really just maybe an extra mirror for the driver, right? KP kind of said, hey, you might have traffic inside or outside. That role has moved very far forward where now it is a can be an emotional coach can set the tempo of the team uh and can inform a driver like chase elliott hey other guys are running yeah. here this is what's yeah. good well, this is what's bad and when i look at the 600 that's what i see makes this change even more difficult to adapt to it is a very long race it goes day to night it's going to have shifting performance And when I look at what the nine car is going to have to fill, it's not just comfort for the driver as far as understanding where the traffic is, but it's also that coach from the roof that can help both driver and crew chief on on really changing track conditions. So I think this is a tough one to fill. Not to add add insult to injury that makes it even more difficult, but the other thing is there are not three series worth of spotters. Many spotters spot in all three series, truck, Xfinity, and Cup. So I say that so when you go to the well of spotters available – it's not as deep as one might think because most of the guys that work on Sunday also work in the other two garages. Yeah, and, and that's a great point. If you just if we said there were 36 guys in each series, there's not 36 spotters in each series, as you Correct. say. So if we're looking at 100 and whatever, you know, what's that, 108, whatever it is, <laughs> yeah, right. spot drivers, there may only be 60 spotters. There may only be 70 spotters. So it's rare air, and it's even rarer air for spotters who win races and help their drivers win races. And DeHaan helps Chase, um, as you say. It's one of those situations where you look at it, and he has been Chase's spotter since Chase moved to the cup level. That's six years. Six years. He's heard that guy in his ear. He trusts inside, outside. They're running up against the wall and making better time. They're low. Tone of voice, words used. Um, it's almost, you know, a lot of time inflection is like body language. When you can mm. see somebody say something or you hear the way they say it, it means something totally different than just re- reading the written word or having somebody else say it. So I, I think it is a whole. I think, it, I think yeah. it's a whole for, for this team that they're going to have to figure out what works best for Chase. And while that conversation is going on, you got to remember, there's a guy sitting on the pit box listening too, and he's taking – taking cues from that conversation from a spotter and a driver to know what to do, too. Steve touched on it, and I've, I feel like you can talk about this probably better than anyone. The, the role of the spotter is drastically different than oh. what it was when you were driving. I mean, now, like, I know all these guys study <laughs> all week long and provide these pages and yeah. pages of notes. I mean, that, that's got to be a big but, adjustment. Listen, when, when I drove, when, I, when, when spotters first came to be, they had one goal, one, one job. That was to tell you where the wreck was. End of conversation. If you were in two, they'd say spin it off turn four. That's all you needed to know. That's all they told you. They didn't tell you how to drive a car. I drove in a seat like this. I could turn around and look out the back window if I wanted to. <laughs> but with point. these seats, okay, with, with the advancements and safety, with the Hans collar, with the seats, with the way the cars are, the cocoon that the driver sits in, he depends on that extra set of eyes. And that's constantly evolving. If you go back and listen to tapes uh, of... of 
Jeff Gordon and DeHaan, it's going to be a different conversation and a different way of approach that Chase has because that role has changed over the last six or seven years. It changes from year to year. So I, I, th- I think when you, when you see that, just as the driver can't set out a year and expect to come back at the same level, a spotter can't expect to jump into a role that he hasn't been in before at that same level. Uh, he can jump in and play, don't get me wrong, but to be the level that Chase and Eddie were at, um, is a different level. Makes so that, the win that's, that's more valuable. a story yeah. that this is a big hole to fill. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a big hole to fill, but it makes the win in, in Cody even more valuable, right? Because while he's decent in points, we had talked about Chase mm-hmm. hadn't won, hadn't won, hadn't won. Now with the win, assuming some unbelievable number of winners, yeah. which I don't think is going to happen, right? He's now playoff bound. Um, so they need to try to fill that hole, and that will give them the summer to find some comfort heading yeah. into um, you know, a, a stressful playoff run. Nate, any idea if uh, Chase Elliott will be speaking in the media this weekend? I don't know if that topic has been brought up yet or not. Uh, I don't know if he is on the media availability list. Marty, it's changed um, as the garage has opened up here the last few weeks um, where I haven't seen specifically what it is for Charlotte, but there might be the bullpen availability that we had uh, pre-pandemic. That started to come back a little bit, so there could be some availability for him in that regard. But, you know, just to your point, like I'm sure that, uh, when practice starts, obviously we'll know who the spotter is then, and it'll become a newsworthy thing for, for him to address and talk about. And Hendrick usually uh, does do those media availabilities when you have that, that sort of news happen. And Nate, th- this is not something Hendrick Motorsports is unfamiliar with. They had to deal with this earlier in the, earlier in the year with Kyle Larson. Yeah, that's, that's a great point uh, in the preseason. Uh, that, I guess, a little bit less of a, a jump ball because it, it didn't happen in the course of the year. There hadn't been a race yet uh, at that point, but they did have to change spotters. So you're right, Marty, it's a great point. It's the second time that uh, they've changed spotters here for two of their cup drivers. And I'll just make one more point about the 600 that I think is interesting uh, with it being the longest race of the year and green flag pit stops. Obviously, there'll be more pit stops possibly in this race than, you know, virtually any race NASCAR might do this season. And uh, that can make for, I think, uh, a, a difficult adaptation uh, when you've got a new person here, especially where it seems like the last couple of years, I don't know why, but it does seem as if there's been more incidents with guys getting in and out of the pits, especially on green, long green flag runs. So uh, I'm sure a, a lot to, uh, to balance and sort of process there for Chase Elliott number 19. And Nate, this afternoon, NASCAR was fairly strong with their comments about saying, hey, if, if something like this happens, you must report it to the sanctioning body. Kind of walk us through that. You touched on it a little bit. Yeah, so the rule is, and it's stated clearly in, in the NASCAR rulebook, that within 72 hours of uh, you know, a, a violation of the law, uh, NASCAR members must inform the sanctioning body uh, if they've been charged. So in this case, um, from, from uh, other reporting uh, that's out there, uh, this incident happened last fall. And uh, you know, as I mentioned, he was arrested on May 12th. So, uh, and you know, he did two more races with Chase Elliott after that. So that NASCAR said that DeHaan was suspended indefinitely because of member conduct, but also because of the rule that NASCAR members must inform the sanctioning body uh, when they're in violation, have been charged with a violation of the law. So uh, that was uh, the reason there for that being listed as p- part of his indefinite suspension. Okay, we'll certainly keep you guys updated with any further news on that. All right, time for power rankings. Justin Long, and I mean, when I say hot off the presses, I mean, we haven't even seen it. No one on Twitter seen it. And here it is, the power rankings. Nate, stick with us for this because I've got to know if there's like an official 
system. Or if this is Dustin just doing his own thing. Well, I can tell you. There you go. Top ten. What do you think, Steve? Well, I can tell you that Dustin didn't come on and defend himself after we (laughs) tore his power rankings apart two weeks ago. He took Alex Bowman out of the power rankings, and he won a few Uh. weeks ago. So when I look at these right here, they're starting to make a little more sense. Um, I think he has all the right names. I could argue the order. Still having a hard time putting Kevin Harvick in the seventh <laughs> position, KP. That's probably my biggest argument right so off the top. So you're saying Harvick higher or Harvick lower? Lower. Lower. Okay. But yeah, look, 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 so we've got Harvick and Blaney who are both involved in accidents, but they make the top ten in the power range. Well, and Kyle Busch and Alex Bowman who have both yeah. won a race behind a guy who behind hasn't in Kevin Harvick. I mean, we okay. still have him in seventh, I guess, because of his championship pedigree, maybe last year's performance. Come on, Nate. I mean, you're, you're, we're going to beat you up on this because you're going to be our <laughs> resident well, Dustin Law. I don't know that it's yeah. Nate's fault necessarily, uh, but is there an official well, system here, uh, Nate? Yeah, well, first of all, this answer, Stevie, and say, I'm, I'm fine being Dustin Long's surrogate here for abuse because this, this has become one of my favorite weekly segments on Muttermouths is giving Dustin Long grief about his power rankings. To answer Marty's question, this used to be a collaborative, collective effort. Uh, this year, the, the, this is solely all on Dustin Long, and uh, these rankings I'm okay with. I think these are. I want to give him some some uh, praise here. These rankings I can live with. The only thing that I will say is, okay, Lord Byron's streak of top ten finishes come to an end, but yet William Byron's still number two ahead of Kyle Larson, who has finished second three straight weeks and yet is still number three in the power rankings. So if I had a quibble with Dustin that this week, that would be it. I, I totally agree with that. Like, how does and, and have you chatted with our friend Dustin about this of, of why Mr. Byron is second and Mr. Larson is third? That that one stood out to me immediately. Yeah, no, I prefer to convey all my conversations and analysis with Dustin through this uh, medium. <laughs> so I, oh, no, I have no, not no, had no, that one on one conversation. I think Dustin just watches Motormouth so that he can watch us give us grief, like I said. So, again, this right. is one of the best segments of the week. What hey. rationale does he give you for any of this? It's hey, it's. I don't know if you want to get in the, the mind of Dustin Long sometimes, Marty Snyder. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, he, here's, place. Here's what uh, I'm going to say: one eight four four six two seven two two seven six. Dustin Long, please call home. Please call us. Please, please call us and defend yourself. Please call us and defend. I just uh, yeah, I find that one a little surprising that uh, that he would have Harvick seventh, but Larson third. That's so, the one. So that really so bugs what me. I gotta ask, although I'm, I'm gonna defend Dustin, although okay. forgive me, oh I'm gonna defend this. Here's what I'm gonna say. This is a huge turnaround. Uh, huge turn. Huge turn. <laughs> what I have to ask Dustin is this: power rankings in the rearview mirror. Or this power rankings, or how he thinks they could possibly run this mm. week. I gotta, I gotta get that okay, around because good, good point. Um, not th- that helps my my Kevin Harvick. Nothing helps my Kyle Larson argument because I think yeah. he's going to win the six hundred yeah. going away. I agree. So, so no argument there. Um, but maybe I could at least save him on the uh, egg on the face on the Kevin Harvick one. Yeah, well, I, maybe he's doing it just so we'll talk about it and go. What is Dustin thinking? Maybe that's part of his philosophy. I don't think they're setting the odds by this power rank. I don't I think they are. I may have glanced at them already, and, and no, they're not. I don't, yeah, I don't no. think they are at all. All right, Nate, so looking forward to seeing you in Indy for the weekend. Uh, I know you're headed up there, I believe, tonight, maybe, or tomorrow morning. Tonight or tomorrow morning? Tonight. Up soon. Heading there tonight. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, all right, so give us your thoughts. Indy 500, Coke 600, while we have you on the line, what are your thoughts on both races this weekend? And kind of give us your prediction as well. Well, I'm really looking forward to the Indy 500, Marty. I think a ton of great storylines. Obviously, the overarching one in IndyCar this year has been the changing of the guard. So many great young drivers. Uh, five different winners in five races. Four of those winners under the age of 24. Three of them uh, first-time winners. 
and Alex Pillow and Renus VK and Pato Award. And of course, Colton Herta, who won at St. Petersburg starting second. And at the top of the board, you got Scott Dixon, the six-time series champion starting from the pole. So uh, he re- represents the old guys age 40. So uh, I'm really looking forward to this race. I think that they'll have more passing than they had last year, hopefully less of a track position race. It's going to need to be if the Penske's and the, the Chevrolet's want to get up from the back because they didn't qualify so well. So Will Power and Joseph Newgarden and Scott McLaughlin, Simon Pagenaud have some work to do. But I like Renus VK as, as my sleeper pick. Like, I, mm. I, I, I know he's starting third, so really I don't know if he's necessarily an underdog. But uh, I think that his, his win at the road course uh, a couple of weeks ago was no fluke. And we've seen guys sweep road course Indy 500. Pagenaud did that a couple of years ago. So um, I think he would be my sleeper pick. And I, I don't know, it's hard to bet against Scott Dixon uh, at this point, especially this year. You missed the Steve Letart fist pump. Almost Tiger Woods-esque. You can replay it if you want to. Listen, read his VK pick. VK is an outstanding pick. He talked about how the Chevrolet struggled. Well, that one didn't. Right. Yeah. That one was outstanding in qualifying. Yeah. And if his is going to race anything like the Team Penske Chevys look like in practice, I love VK. Yeah. You got a quick pick for the 600 there, uh, Nate? Uh, I'll go with uh, Chase Elliott. Why not? Wow. wow. There you go. We he he almost won last like year. I mean, he was this close yeah. to win last year. Good point. Good point. All right, Nate. See you in Indy. Thanks, man. All right, bud. Thanks, Safe guys. Travels. Thanks for the breaking news as well. So, Nate Ryan joining us, and uh, good to get Nate's perspective. Always good to rip on Dustin for his power rankings as well. <laughs> I, listen, I'm going to give like him an A+. plus staple on the show. But he puts him right out there. He does. doesn't hold back. Listen, he doesn't hold back, man. He, he puts care. out what he thinks. What he thinks. Yep. I like that. Exactly right. Well, coming up next here on Motor Mouth, Simona Di Silvestro, one of the fantastic stories of the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500. She will join us next and talk about her Indy 500 effort and Beth Peretta and Peretta Autosport. There's Simona hanging out in Indy already. We'll talk to Simona next. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. It's time to qualify at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We are going to kick it off with the battle for the final row. No guaranteed starting position. Doesn't matter who you are in this field. So here we go. This is the new team, Peretta Autosport, and their chance to make the Indianapolis 500 next week with the 32-year-old Swiss driver, Simona Di Silvestro, 228-353. Can you imagine being Sage Karam, Will Power, or Simona Di Silvestro watching this from pit lane? And Simona Di Silvestro, she's done it. She has steered this predominantly female team into the greatest spectacle in racing. What a fabulous moment where a concept becomes a reality. This is just the beginning, for sure. Such a great story from qualifying weekend at Indianapolis. Simona Di Silvestro in the race with Peretta Autosport. Simona, so how stressful was last weekend for you <laughs> finally getting in, though? Yeah, it was, uh, to be honest, uh, when the week started, I didn't think we would be in this position. Uh, And, uh, 
yeah, it was quite surreal, actually, uh, to be honest. And being in this last uh, row shootout, you know, I think on Sunday morning, I was like, you know, if you mess this up, if you lift or, you know, if you crash, you're not in the race. So from that point of view, it was uh, not not easy, you know. And, uh, you know, I think me and Will, we were really like, okay, I can't believe we, we are in this situation. But, you know, we, uh, we kind of committed to it. And, uh, you know, the team as well, you know, they did an, a really good job and all that. And I kind of owed it to them a little bit as well because, you know, they... They worked so hard uh, for for this effort, and you know I think that was the, I think the most pressure I had because I really wanted wanted to be in the race, especially for them as well. Simona, I was there on Sunday. It was an amazing run, amazing effort. But uh, my question is really about what happened right after that. I was shocked how quickly, right, last row qualifying, then we had fast nine, then boom, a two-hour practice and a racy two-hour practice. How quickly does it take the emotions to kind of settle down and re-engage into hey? We're here. We're now in the field. And, you know, a few days from now, we're going to run the Indy 500 and to get plugged in in that practice. Yeah, like you said, it was uh, it was pretty crazy because, you know, I think we were all really pretty stressed, you know, to actually get in the field. And all of a sudden, you know, we had to change the car around for a race trim again. Uh, even myself, when I went out there, you know, because you, you kind of prepare so much just for your qualifying runs, for like being committed for those four laps. And all of a sudden, you in traffic again, you have to kind of readjust. Uh, so it was, but it was good, you know, to be honest, it was cool to get a practice in as well, but because now we kind of have the week to kind of fine tune all the things we, we found in that, in that last uh, practice before carb day. All right. So listen, I, I was not there like these two guys. I was <laughs> flipping back and forth between Coda and the NASCAR race and you guys, but you, you spoke of it. You, you talked about how hard the team worked and you felt the team worked and, and you felt like you owed it to those guys to go out and, and make this happen when you got there. The expectation was to make the race, or your hope was to make the race. What are the expectations now for you and this team as you go into the race on Sunday? Yeah, I think I think that was kind of Beth, Beth's hope to to make the race. Like I was pretty confident we'd make it, but you know I didn't think we would make it in a last row shootout and being like so nerve wracking. But uh, you know I think we have actually a really strong race car, uh, definitely better than uh, than what we had in qualifying. So from that point of view, I'm super confident. Um, I think it's going to be a difficult race, you know, especially where we start because you, we're going to need to really move forward uh, pretty quickly and, uh, and try to be in a, in a good position. But, yeah, the car has been feeling super good in traffic. And uh, from, so from that point of view, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for, for Sunday. You mentioned the race pace, and, and obviously Team Penske worked very hard on being good in traffic, which you will obviously have to be on Sunday as well. But, Simona, it seemed interesting this time around. Like, there were, there were teams that were really fast in qualifying trim, but not so fast in, in race trim. And kind of the opposite, like for Team Penske, you didn't have the speed in qualifying trim, but the cars are racing so well. So what, why is that, you think, this year in 2021? Yeah, to, to me as well, you know, I haven't raced at the speeder for, for six years. And, and to be honest, until Thursday, I was like super confident because even in the in the no toes, we were, we were kind of looking okay. You know, we were like top 12 pretty much every day. So I was like, okay, you know, we can we can fight for the the fast nine. And then uh, when we went to qualifying boost, it just uh, yeah, we didn't make as much as a jump as uh, other teams. And and that really I think caught us a bit uh, like on on the back foot because all of a sudden we were really scrambling actually to find speed and uh, just finding the balance of the car. And uh, yeah, so that that was definitely hard. But you know, I think everyone uh, worked really hard. You know, even like my team on Saturday, we made two runs at the end. We didn't quite make it but uh, you know just to to really get it done but yeah it was uh, it's just different we lost we didn't make as much as a jump as 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 we thought we would 
So, Simone, it's been a crazy 12, 16, 18 months for the entire world, everybody with this pandemic qualifying. There were a few thousand people there, and it was amazing how loud a few thousand sounded after silence for so long. Uh, well over 100,000 for this coming Sunday. I've never experienced Indy 500 in person. I'll be on the Peacock pit box at the end of pit lane. Um, take me into Sunday and the pageantry and the expectation of having just a huge crowd to cheer everyone on the green flag. Yeah, like you said, just already in qualifying, having having the fans there, you know, because like you said, we haven't had that for a year. It was uh, it was amazing, you know. I think as a driver, it also lifts you up a bit, you know. It makes you even more pumped to go racing, and uh, I think the 500 is definitely the most special one because it's always where there's the the most people, and I think uh, you know there's going to be you know over a hundred thousand fans there. So from that point of view, I think uh, it's uh, just going to feel great to walk out there, and you know the history of the place and all that. I think it's uh, super special and. The older you get, I feel like the more you appreciate it and the more I think in awe you are of the place, you know, especially in my case, because I haven't raced here for, for six years, you know, and I know how hard it is to actually get a spot to, to race in it. So I'm just really going to take it in and just really enjoy it. Simone, we've talked about this female forward team, about 70% of your team uh, comprised of ladies. How about doing this for, for Beth Peretta, your car owner, but more importantly for, for young girls around the world who are watching you and this team achieve what you guys have done to not only get in the 500, but to race and, and potentially race very well in the 500 on Sunday, Simona? Yeah, I think it's uh, amazing. To be honest, you know, like uh, when this project uh, came about, you know, like Beth was telling me about it, and the girls that got involved in the program, you know, they've been uh, working so hard since January, you know, on the pit stops, and they've become, like, really good. They're really fast. It's it even impressed myself, to be honest, because uh, uh, when I got in the pits uh, the first time, I was like, well, this, this is really good. And, you know, everyone at Team Penske really helping as well, you know, kind of teaching them. It's uh, just... In that sense, it's like an amazing opportunity. It's like really, I think, done right, you know, just kind of giving the tools and the, everyone has really stepped up. Like all the girls have stepped up, they've taken the chance and they're ready. And uh, And I think it makes me just really proud for myself to be part of this because uh, we are changing things. You know, we are inspiring a lot of uh, young girls to, to be a, a, anyone they want to be. And, and that's something that uh, that is really cool to be part of. And, uh, and hopefully, you know, I think it will open doors to a lot of, a lot of people, you know, also in the future in different teams, just um, not to be afraid to to go for your dreams and uh, and push for what you want. So there, it was kind of left out there that they weren't sure if the ladies were going to pit the car on Sunday or not. Do we know <laughs> that yet? Are the, are the ladies going to be pitting on Sunday? Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's still in the in the final process, but uh, I'm pretty confident you you will see. Yeah, you will see some. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Because cool. I know how much work they put in. I mean, oh, those girls yeah. still That's have cool. real jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And they're showing up at Team Penske That's at 4.30 in the morning for practice because they have a real oh, life, you know? It, it takes so much commitment. Shows the dedication. So yes. much commitment. So one, one real quick thing. So you've, you've been in IndyCar for a while, and now you're racing in Europe. You've kind of have been everywhere. What is it like for you to kind of get a peek behind the curtain of what Team Penske is? Because you raced against them for so long. Now you're in the camp and you're in the meetings and all of that. What's that been like for you to see how they operate? Yeah, it's been, to be honest, it's a, it's a dream come true. You know, when, when I raced in Indy cars uh, 10 years ago, you know, I think, I think as a driver, you want to drive for that team. You know, it's, it's just uh, amazing. And when actually I went to the race shop, um, you know, just seeing the facility and the, and everything was uh, was amazing. Just the, the whole professionalism, like, you know, everything is thought through, everything you need is, is happening. And uh, 
and 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 you know everyone is also i think the big thing is everyone is super proud to be to be there i think that makes a big difference and same thing you know the the boys who have been helping the girls you know they've really welcomed everyone and they all like know that the the chance they have to be to be working there and and with beth there and you know having our crew like working with them i think just you know they they all know the chance they have and 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 they have all the tools you know you have all the tools to do something great and you know that and as a driver the same way you know that the tools are here to to win races and i think that really lifts you up and it actually makes you work even harder because you know everything is here to to be successful one of the cool things I thought was Roger Penske standing in the pit box. Like yeah. one of the first first, first people yeah. Beth Peretta saw after they made the field was Roger Penske standing there. So that was certainly a cool sight. So uh, Listen, the captain. Anytime you go to Indianapolis, <laughs> be before you own it. Forget owning it. Right? That's He's right. The yeah, That's right. exactly. Well, Simona, we can't wait to yes. see you. Steven, I'll see you tomorrow. Kyle will just watch us I'll, on I'll TV. see you on TV. I'll be watching, man. I'll be watching. <laughs> All right, Simona, we'll see you Thank tomorrow. You. Thanks so much for your time. Such a cool story, Steve, and that was an amazing story to follow all weekend long, being on the ground in Indianapolis and just the excitement around the 16 team trying to make the field. Yeah, a tons of excitement, and um, I, I'll admit, that's the first time I've seen it in person, but that final row qualifying, the pressure of needing to go out there, understanding a little bit more, you know, four laps to how bad the cars drive on the fourth lap and still having to stay wide open, uh, there was a lot of mental fortitude that really had to go into that because I think the expectations the day before were much higher. Yeah. I think it was a shock that they yeah. were in that position, which sometimes yeah. can be the hardest thing to recover from. We'll yeah. talk a little more IndyCar coming up, including our buddy Jimmy Johnson, who will join us on the broadcast team. And when we come back, a special behind-the-scenes look at weekend number one with this guy and Jimmy Johnson on the Peacock Pit Box. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Trying TV, ladies and gentlemen. Not sure how this is going to go. Feel good about it, though. My buddy Steve Letarte is going to be on the pit box with me. Here we go. Oh, he'll be fine. Talking about racing. Earl, that's easy. It is, and I told him with, with you on there, he might not even ever have to say anything.
was a fun weekend in Indianapolis last week. Uh, the the funny line I'll tell you is that Scott Dixon told me after qualifying, he goes, "Man, Jimmy spent more time in the in the competition meeting room than he really does when he drives. Like he's been in there almost as much as he's been with you, Steve. But you guys." Had a blast. You need a lot of sunscreen, like everybody did last weekend at Indy. Well, he did. He was on the sunny side. <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell that story. Well, so we, we go up in the pit box. He goes, where are you going to sit? I said, over here. He goes, oh, okay, I'll sit over here. And later in the day, as the sun set, he started to get sunburned. He looked at me and goes, oh, this, this isn't my first trip to the pit box. You're sitting over there. I said, I may be a rookie to Indianapolis 500 ball line, but I'm not a rookie yeah. up here. You're sitting over there. <laughs> it was great to see. First of all, it was great to catch up with. I consider Jimmy a good friend. Um, he's the same humble guy that has, you know, you wouldn't think he's ever won anything. Yeah. But it started with the first car going to turn one, and that looked like, eh, I don't know, you know, I, I think Indy's great, but I don't know if I want to run it because that's the magical question. And by the end of qualifying, he didn't say he was going to run it, but he yeah. definitely didn't say he wasn't. How about yeah. that? It, it definitely turned closer to 50-50. He yeah. caught the bug, no doubt about it. Now, yeah. Kyle, you've given us insight from behind the wheel before. You drove and were a commentator at one point. But it, it's cool. It, you did. Didn't you? I, if you want to call it that, yes. Yeah, you okay. did. Okay. You did. But it's cool, like, when a guy, like, he's still in the car, and he hops out and says, here's what's going on. Okay, so here's, this is what's cool, okay, to, to me. You've got a seven-time cup champion who's been as high as you can go over here, and he's starting over over there. And you talk about the competition meetings. He wants to learn. Yeah, right. He, he's not just saying, hey, I'm a seven-time champion, dude. Just get me in the car. I'll do something. He wants to learn. He's learning every time he sees these cars. He's learning every time he sits in these cars. And the best part is we have him on the pit box with you just telling you what he knows, what he's learning. And it's all new to him, and it's all fresh to him. So you get his perspective. And we, know, we, we all know this because we had kids that drove race cars. Okay, You see the sport different through the eyes of a rookie than you do through yeah. the eyes of a veteran. He sees this sport, IndyCar, and he sees Indy different sitting on that pit box as a rookie in this series than he would as a seven-time champion just coming over and commentating on it as whatever it may be if he'd been there 20 years. So it's a fresh perspective for all of us. So when he says something, man, I'm like, turn it up, turn it up. Let's <laughs> right. see what Jimmy has to Because you believe and, and I And I'll say this. I've tweeted him or texted him numerous times during the season so far. You have a whole sanctioning body and industry pulling for you to be successful. I think everybody in NASCAR is pulling for Jimmy Johnson to go over there and show him what he can do. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm, I've been proud of him, man. I, I, and I enjoyed listening to you guys the other day because it's just fun. It is like listening to you guys just sit around and talk. Oh, yeah, well. That's, his insight from the Ganassi Engineering Office didn't hurt since they were one, two, three, four for yeah. a lot of the practice sessions. That kind of insight did not hurt. All right, let's talk the 500 and preview it a little bit, Steve. Uh, boy, going to be way different on Sunday than it was this past weekend. It was in the 90s this past weekend for qualifying. They're talking about temps in the high 60s for the race, but everyone you talk to says that's going to create more passing. Why? More passing. I mean, basically, when you look at Indy cars at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the amount of wide open throttle time is very, very high. It's all about drafting the size of the cars. The runs come and go much quicker than a NASCAR sock car. But when it gets hot and slick and you're out of the gas, you know this, Kyle, there's not enough time to make the run. Yeah. You have to kind of be able to chase the guy off the corner. Cooler track temp is going to help that, help those guys. I also think it's going to help the fast nine guys. So you asked Simona earlier about mm -hmm. the flip in practice from qualifying the race. I think a lot of that was track temperature. 
I think mm. that when you turn the engines down, the cars that drove the best really showed up because the track was so warm. I think when we go into Sunday, cooler track, easier handling. I won't say easy, but yeah. easier yeah. handling. The guys that had the raw speed, the Chip Ganassi racing cars that qualified so well, Ed Carpenter that qualified so well, I have a feeling um, they're going to continue with that raw speed. I think they're going to be harder to cycle them yeah, back that now sense. that getting yeah. a hold of the racetrack mm-hmm. is easier. Yeah, and, and that makes perfect sense. I, I, you know, I, I look at, and listen, I know listening to you guys and watching it, everybody talks about the youth movement, so I'm going with that young Scott Dixon that's on the, on the yeah. pole here, okay? <laughs> so that's a good bet. But because, because of, of what you say, it's momentum, getting up to speed, running just mm-hmm. flat out. The thing is, and we see it at a lot of our racetracks now with the packages that the cup cars run, um, if you have to roll out or you catch traffic in the wrong place, it kills not only that lap, but you lose positions because of it. We see it at Darlington. Right. We see it a lot of different places. Dixon drives. If he's in turn two, in his head, he's coming off turn four. He yeah. knows where those cars are. You can't beat that experience when it comes to momentum. You can't beat that experience when it comes to running at a place like that. So I, I think if it is cooler temperatures and you talk about the way the cars would drive, those will be the key moments on where you catch somebody or how you set somebody up to get around them. So this one was a shocker to me. I'll get your thought. You know, you go in a cup practice, you practice pit road entry. Mm-hmm. So we were watching practice on Sunday night. They were still entering pit road through the access road in three and four because that's a rule. Not until carb day Friday yeah. will anyone in the, in the Indy 500 have a chance to make a hot run to pit road entry. In a race that's going to be yeah. full of green flag pit stops. Yeah. I was fascinated by that yeah. because we think it's hard to get it from, like, 170 down. Yeah. Can you imagine rolling off 225 and trying to guess no. where your lift point is to this no. pit road entry speed? That, that's crazy. That's like being on an NBA team, and, and we're going to let you go out there and dribble, but we're not going to let you shoot. Yeah, no. Okay? <laughs> we're not, not going to let you shoot. That's, right. that, that's what pregame is. You know, because that is part of the game now. And, and yeah. we all know it. Your in-lap, your out-lap. I mean, that's all part of, of what makes the race and what makes the tail. I can't imagine not being able to use one of those keys and practicing one of those keys. To that end, supposed to rain on Friday in Indianapolis, so IndyCar told us today that they would be willing to potentially have practice Saturday if it rains out Friday, mm. which they've never done. They, they don't, Saturday's a dark day at the track. They said they would do something on Saturday. Because of that point, Kyle Novak, series director, said, we, that's their first time coming on the pit road in a hot yeah. stop. They got, they've got to know what they're doing. Well, good news is the Saturday's our rehearsal day, so if they yeah. practice Saturday, Perfect. they won't have to rehearse. And I, hate, <laughs> and I hate rehearsing, so this is going to be a win. Listen, after coming <laughs> off last year, everything's changed. If they want to practice on Saturday, right. I'm yeah. more for it, man. More for it. Uh, your favorite part of the show here for the Indy 500, Steve, let's look at the odds for the Indy 500. Mm, I have a feeling somewhere. Mr. Dixon is going to be at the top of this uh, odd sheet. Why oh. not, right? Well, He's, Dixon's going to be the yeah. favorite. Oh, there you are. So it's plus yeah. 380. So basically almost 4 to 1. you got to explain pluses to All right, so pluses, you see the number. Pluses. If you bet 100, you win the number. A hundred dollar bet wins three eighty. Hundred dollar bet wins seven twenty five. Hundred dollar bet wins a thousand. All right. I got uh, it. So it's basically like Pato Award is the third favorite. That's ten to one. Um, I think that's decent. I'm telling you, I think number eight. I'll take number seven, eight, and nine on this list as nowhere near the long shot the odds makers put it. I think Tony Kanaan has. Uh, never sat in a better car. He's had good cars, never won yep. better than the Chip Ganassi car yeah. he's sharing with, with Jimmy Johnson. He sounded like it on Monday when we talked to him on Motor Mouse. And he Rena's did. VK on the front row is the other side. So now I got a little elder. I got a little youth. Yeah, I got a little mix. Go. I like the way I got a little mix. And then, then I'm going to take the guy that looks 25, that is 44, into Kumasato because yeah, the man yeah. does not look 44. Yeah, and, oh, by the way, he's won it twice. Yeah. And I don't care what they say. 
What do they say? There's a horses for courses. Well, yeah. Sato yeah. at the Brickyard, right at that point. He's there every time. He finds a way at the front every time. Yeah. And even if you look at Pagano's win in 2019 over Rossi, who was sitting there in third? Yeah. Takuma Sato. Yeah. He could have easily won four. Oh, yeah. Because what was the uh, Frank It was the one with Frank Eady, 2012. He spun underneath Dario Frank So, hey, I'm just saying. There you go. That's a lot of Indy 500 time to uh, talk. Time to talk Coke 600. <laughs> uh, let's move on to that. So, I and Steve, you brought up a fascinating point for the Coke 600. You said you're more excited for this race oh. than maybe you've yeah. ever been for a Charlotte Oval race. Explain to us why. Because finally, I don't have six, seven, eight of them. I don't feel like I've been at Charlotte yeah. for a month. We no longer have a fall race. It's at the Roval. Yep. The All-Star race has moved to Texas. We haven't seen a race a few days ago at Charlotte. Yeah. I, I, I'm excited to see Charlotte. Yeah. I'm not overloaded with Charlotte. I am ready to see uh, the home track, uh, a track that we have seen a lot of, but none recently. So that makes me more excited. Practice has been tuned up. We've seen some practice. Daytona, the dirt, Coda, throw all that away. This is a real mile-and-a-half track practice. So you can go here and you can yeah. really learn some stuff. That's a stuff. great point. Um, so what is this going to help Stuart Haas, who's yeah. struggling? Is it going to help mm. Hedger Motorsports continue? I mean, the storylines are abundant. Yeah. I think plus, not to mention, that we don't get a lot of, quote, surprise winners. But I can label a few surprise yeah. winners at the 600 with the length of that race. Yes. So, I mean, yeah. Kyle, I think there's a lot on the line. I think the lack of laps at Charlotte are going to help me get more excited for the 600. Yeah, and you're, you're right. The lack of watching oval racing at Charlotte is going to be is, is a plus. And we used to and, three and, a year. And, and listen, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it until I'm listening to you talk. The 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 the, the, the class shootout slash qualifying races <laughs> slash everything that goes on at Daytona doesn't take away from the Daytona 500. Right. But a race, the All Star race, and the hype that we give the All Star race <clears> takes away from the track it's at. And, I, and that, that's a great way to look at it. Uh, we we joked about it on Monday that. There's going to be some drivers that complain because they got too much practice. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? And that's just <laughs> no. that's that's Come the nature. On. That's the nature all, of drivers and teams. That, you know, that's one. the nature of drivers and teams, man. I dialed myself out. I was good when I got here, and I've oh, dialed myself. Man. But but it is going to be interesting to see because we've sat at this desk and we've talked about it before. Does the lack of practice has the lack of practice hurt a Kyle Busch? Has it hurt a Kevin Harvick? Has it hurt some of those teams? With this practice on an oval, that they'll be able to learn things and maybe change some of their, uh, maybe change some of the way they do things at tracks where they can't practice. Mm-hmm. Um, who does it help long term? Not only this week. Who does it help long term? It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Not to mention qualifying. It's yeah. not set off the math anymore. Yeah. It's not last week's race and yeah. how fast you went. And it was because That's if cool. it would have been set off rate at Coda, I don't know what the lineup would have been, but it would have been head scratching. Now it's going to be set off who can run. Fastest. Everybody's going to be about wide open. It's going to give me a great idea of who has how much downforce yeah. in their car. Because mm. I've missed those qualifying days. Because I can assure you, walking through the garage, you can't see it, and they ain't telling me. Yeah. So the only way I'm going to find out is to watch single Question. car runs and qualifying. Well, we have a couple of phone calls on the line. Where are we going first? We're we going to Marvin Blue. Marvin's on the line. Marvin, how you doing today? What's on? What's going on? What's on your mind? I'm doing very well, Marty. I hope you're ready for the Indianapolis 500 this Sunday. We are, bud. What you got? Um, I got a question for you guys, and uh, it involves the Coca-Cola 600. Uh, if Chase Elliott doesn't win, who do you think uh, uh, gets to win uh, this Sunday at the Coca-Cola hmm. 600? Hmm. Hmm. I'm going hmm. to defer to you because I have a – I know I have you a, have a strong opinion. Hey, Marvin, thanks for watching Facebook Live last night. I appreciate that, man. He popped up on my Facebook oh, cool. Live that I was doing. Very good. So um, – so I'm going to say, you know, I, I, 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I hope that this turns this around. I hope Kevin Harvick. Um, I, I think that, that they are a team that we have seen can adjust themselves into better, to a better car as, as, as the race goes on. They've just started so far off, they couldn't get adjusted. I think this practice will put them close enough that they can adjust, and this is going to be a race of adjustments. We know that. It's going to be a race of change. Kevin Harvick and Rodney have shown in the past uh, that they rise to that occasion. So I'll go with Kevin. For my position paper, I present Steve Latour because yes. okay. I know we feel the hey, same way. Got, so go ahead. <laughs> uh, I think um, I think Kyle Larson is the man to beat at Charlotte. Yeah. He has three seconds in a row. Last time he went for three seconds, he won his fourth race. They're hitting on all cylinders. They're going to have everything dialed in. Hmm. I put a little. You got to know the odds, man. You got to know <laughs> the odds. I mean, the odds are just numbers on paper without the stats you to go with it. That's right. Steve. That's you right. So uh, yeah, so I have Kyle Larson. I think is going to be the guy to beat. Um, not a dark horse, but if I had to take my second choice, I would take Denny Hamlin. Uh, mm. I think that, the, you know, so you have Larson as the favorite. Let's talk about the yeah. odds, right? You're not going to get yeah. a lot of value if you're at four times your money. If you want some decent value, I think Denny Hamlin at, at plus 750. Um, I will say that the guy in 10th at the bottom right there, that's you, a, you, that's don't a have, you don't have as many top 10s as you have, you know. So, yeah. yes, he didn't run in the top five in a downpour in Austin, Texas, right? Oh, oh we're not yeah. going to have that at Charlotte. Yeah. So let's yeah. forget that week existed. Yeah. I think 16 to 1. I still think William Byron's going to have a yeah. good run at it. But why is it not worth for me to put 100 bucks on Kyle Larson if I'm going to win 400? Oh, well, it, oh, we didn't say it wasn't worth it. No, I didn't say oh. it wasn't worth it. We didn't I'm just say saying, it wasn't worth it. Not if you are perhaps yeah. a gentleman that wagers a lot, and I do a, a thing <laughs> for NASCAR sports. Now, I don't wager on NASCAR, but I do do a podcast with... Uh, Dan Beaver and NBC yeah. Sports Edge yes. every single week, and we break this down. And Dan does a really nice job of explaining, to answer your question, you should tune in because he'll explain to you how, where he thinks you should put your bets. Not only where we think everybody's going to run, but the best strategy of betting. He's a, he's a big strategy guy. I'm learning from him. Taking notes. And, and has it helped you in any way in your other sports? Um, well, yeah, but I, you know, I have a lot of history in my Major League Baseball and NBA <laughs> world. So, so uh, Is that history colored in black or red, Steve? So it's neutral. Curious. It's neutral. <laughs> neutral. neutral. It's oh, neutral. I figured there'd be a lot of red on that. I like I'm that. Like neutral. I like Trish that. And find out. Yeah, oh, she'll know. She keeps a tiny, <laughs> tiny, tiny ship on that. Yeah, so. I'm sure she does. I'm sure she keeps the accounting. Um, well, good stuff. Kyle Larson, the favorite. So, so we're not going out on a limb by putting him on our fantasy team. No, no, no. And if you're talking fantasy teams. If the Hendrick, if the Hendrick who had the most points last week again? Dominance came in. Huh? What? Did the you fantasy win? team, who had the most points? Oh, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hope Dale Jr.'s watching. Coming after him. We had this discussion live on Peacock about our fantasy teams. And it was going talking. well. And he had to go into this whole diatribe yeah. about how he was the best. So anyway. That's good. I, listen, I... I just leave the same one up until I run out of 10, and then I got to go to a different guy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> when we come back, Zach Osborne, motocross champion, will join us. Season kicks off this weekend. Zach Osborne, there he is. Ah. What's up, Zach? You'll hang out with us next here on Motor Mouse. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s. 1975 to be exact with semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie and fans couldn't get enough that's right you'll find our original recipe the one you know and love in every bag of famous amos original chocolate chip cookies find famous amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks 
If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Boy, Steve, I wish we had something going on this weekend. For the weekend. first time. Yeah. Nice full yes. weekend. Nothing happening, is there? Uh, kind of a busy weekend, carb day. Hopefully on Friday. We'll see. A little yeah, weather. Exactly, exactly. Got a little, uh, little motocross action. And, of course, 105th running at the Indianapolis 500. 11 a.m. on NBC. It starts earlier than that on NBCSN. And, of course, the Coca-Cola 600 wraps up the busy Memorial Day weekend schedule. And as you see there, motocross starts this weekend. Zach Osborne will try to defend his championship. For the first time, it's going to be an overall winner in the 450 class of Lucas Oil Pro Motocross. Zach Osborne wins Loretta's again. Wow. I cannot believe what has happened this weekend. <laughs> Something has gone wrong with the bike, and this could get worse. He's got a front flat. There goes Tomac to the inside. Split lane. He goes 1-1 here at Jacksonville. He's done it. Zach Osborne is the premier class champion in Lucas Oil Pro Motocross. And Zach Osborne hoping to spray the champagne again in 2021. Zach, great to have you here on NASCAR America Motormouth. So, Tell us about the pressure coming in and, and being the defending champion. Yeah, it's it's a little, little bit different. You know, I went from uh, never having won a race or an overall um, going into last season to being boosted into a championship fight and um, yeah, eventually taking it a distance. So uh, it won't be as much pressure as, as that or as last year. But, yeah, looking forward to, to getting things kicked off this Saturday and um, hoping uh, to have the same result. All right, so Zach, Steve Letard here. I'm a big um, motorsports fan, big motorcycle fan, but I'm going to need a little help. Supercross, motocross, I use them interchangeably. I know they're not interchangeable. So educate me when you educate the fans the big difference between the two. Um, okay, let me – I mean, I'm a big NASCAR guy, so I guess the only way you could kind of relate <laughs> it is um, uh, motocross would be like uh, Coda over the weekend and then uh, – Supercross would be like Bristol, so two, you know, oh, just two really oh, that's opposite good. ends of the spectrum. That's good, Zach. That, that was good, really that was good. Great I'm writing that down, Zach. I'm writing that down. Hey, writing down. down nothing. Guys in the producer have cut it. That's that really good right there. Zach's right now our down. promo man. I All like right. that. Zach. Since we're gonna since we're gonna throw Bristol and some of this stuff in here, I have noticed that motocross fans are like cup fans. They can go crazy sometimes, and when when you're in that paddock and you've won and they're pushing on the barriers and stuff. Are you ever afraid? What's it like in there with these crazy fans? Because they go wild, man. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I I listen to tons of uh, of Dell Junior Download, and I, like I said, I'm a big NASCAR fan. So when they're talking about being accessible, I'm like, man, you guys have no, no idea about accessible. You know, they're like, oh, we're the most accessible motorsports or you know athletes in the world, and I'm like, whoa, now come on, the motocross fans get closer than anybody. But um, yeah, for the most part, it, it it's pretty chill but it does get out of hand uh, some of those podiums that you just saw can uh, can get pretty wild yeah that Steve, party, Steve's I was like, like man, Steve I was, wants to go to the party I was checking the schedule <laughs> I just want to see yeah. what weekend I had going to the paddock man. I was getting ready to go <laughs> so, so you tell us you let us in on the secret you're a big NASCAR fan like do you have a favorite driver did you go up kind of following a driver where did the NASCAR fandom really start for you 
Well, I'm from Bristol, so that's oh, wow. one okay. thing. Uh, well, Abingdon, the neighboring town to Bristol. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So that, and then uh, my dad is uh, used to race uh, pro stock in HRA. So I guess kind of car racing. But yeah, recently wow. in the past couple of years, I've just kind of fell in love with NASCAR, and um, I, I've I've been really trying to fight the urge, but I, I think I'm going to end up uh, pulling the trigger on a, a decent sim rig and get into a little bit of i racing. So. Um, yeah, I play the fantasy league just like you guys do, and uh, much like Kyle, I'm I'm out of uh, uses on on some uh, some people. So strategy is going to have to change actually, a little bit. You probably actually care about your fantasy team. We yes, I don't care about my fantasy <laughs> team. That's the difference, man. I'm sorry. You need a rig. You can call this guy. Yeah, Lutardo my man here. He's an okay. owner. He's an iRacing yeah. owner right here. Yeah, man. Don't you worry. We'll get you set right up. You're <laughs> going to love it. You are. You're going to love it. I'll even show it. Listen, I'll even put you in the right league. I got me, Tim Duggar, Dale Jr. It's a great yeah, time league, like but you don't have smoked. to be very fast. <laughs> Yeah, you can, you can go have fun for sure. So why don't you just take it one step further and actual do, actually do a test yeah. in a four-wheel car? Like hey, get you, you got that opportunity. Dale Jr.'s late models. Yeah, you got my number now, so hit me up. <laughs> All right, there you go. You're now his agent. So listen, Zach, I, I want to get this uh, turned back to you, though, the effort you're putting in. Right, you ended the season with a back injury. I want to know, A, how the injury is, and B, I mean, it's so physical. What you riders do is breathtaking over the length of these races. How do you how do you not only rehab that injury but build your confidence to go out there and push it to the level you have to push it to be competitive? Yeah, like you said, Steve, my my Supercross ended a little bit prematurely um, with a herniated disc in my back, and um, like I was saying earlier, with with it being so confined and and the skill set being so um, honed, if you will, it, it was hard for me to get back into to riding and into a level a good level of riding in time to finish the Supercross season. So. It's been about uh, three months since I've actually raced and um, just a lot of laps on the practice track at this point to get to where I'm at as far as health goes and, and fitness. And, um, you know, much like much like you guys know, just the, the hours that you put in, in in the car, on the bike, whatever you want to say, um, that's where, you know, the the muscle memory and the comfort comes from. So uh, hopefully I have that on Saturday. You know, I've put in the effort to be able to have that and uh, I'm looking forward to a good start to the season. Well, Zach, good stuff, man. Yeah, and thanks for joining stuff. us. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, man. And you don't know how busy we just made your schedule. We got you joining Steve's league, number one, and then maybe trying out for his iRacing team. And then we might get you a test with Dale Jr. So right, we, yeah. Well, the first thing we want to do is, hey, right open invite. The first thing is pick a cup race that you don't have to race. Yeah, you reach out on. to us. Come on out and hang out with us. Hang out with us, man. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I will do. Uh, I've been to quite a few. I, I was really the 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 circuit of the americas race was on my list for this year but obviously with our season starting this weekend it just didn't quite work out so uh yeah maybe we'll have to to make that happen for later in the year yeah good times awesome. good, good stuff man good luck you check it out saturday 6 p.m Thanks, on nbcsn dude. that was fun i listen yeah. i love yeah. i love racers that love racing yes. across different right. things right That's I mean, cool. it, it, there's like a mutual respect yeah. it's so much fun to watch yeah. it what if they race in the rain I'm sure they <laughs> just a thought. Yeah, just I know they thought. do. I know. I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. A I'm thought. just being. Hey, one real quick thing yeah. I want to get to. Uh, you mentioned flat. this, Steve. You know, last weekend it felt like sports was back to me. Saw the PGA oh, scene. Oh yeah. The fans we had in Indy, and this weekend, 135,000 fans in Indianapolis. It's going to be the largest yeah. 
event since the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, it feels like sports is back. You guys agree? Yeah. yeah. Love it. Sports yeah. is back. The fan- Sports are back because the fans are back. Yeah. We yeah. have seen sports, but they weren't what they're supposed to be yeah. without the fans. Yeah, and listen, if we go back to that golf last week, the youth movement is back. So I am I am 100% back. By the way, real quick, congratulations to the all guys. Little yes, congratulations. Born. Oh, oh, look at that. Look at that. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. Congratulations to Justin and congratulations, Ashley Allgaier. That's yeah. so cool to see. Now, Dad can go out and maybe win in Charlotte. Who knows? What a yeah. good, what oh, a he's good, a good yeah, pick. I mean, we didn't make Sarah picks. Pick, What's the odds? What's the odds? I don't know <laughs> the odds. I don't know the odds, but you put a 100 on that one. Justin Allgaier is a pretty good pick for the Saturday. Yes, it awesome. is. All right, we'll see you guys Monday back for Motor Mouse. Thank you, Kyle. And yeah. uh, we'll recap the Indy 500 and the Coke 600. Have a great Memorial Day weekend, everyone. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.